the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. episode of Bad Story Pod. I am your hostess with the mostest, Laura. And if you still remember me, I know I promised you two episodes, at least two episodes a month. And I did not follow through with that. I am very, very sorry. And (laughs) even the original gangsta granddaddy of the Since Right Now Recovery Pod, uh, Chris, has taken note of that and he says that my recording schedule is in flux, as is the format, which is indeed the case for both today. So bear with me. Um, I'm just getting back into the swing of things, but today is uh, January, uh, February 14th, Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to all of you. Uh, It's a hallmark holiday. I don't need a day to tell me that I should tell the people I love that I love them. And it's also known as Single Awareness Day for some of us. And, you know, it's just an excuse to shower ourselves with the love that we deserve. I know it sounds a little hokey, but if you're single or if you're in in a relationship, remember, self-care is always um, a top priority. So make sure that you give yourself the time, patience, love, caring, tenderness, that you would give someone else that you care about. So treat yourself well. And I give great advice, but I don't always take my own, so I need to keep that in mind. But for all of you who are coming to me for the very first time, I am Laura Silverman. You might know me, or or not, um, as the, the gal behind the Sobriety Collective. And the goal with Bad Story, thanks to, to Chris of the Recovery Revolution, is that um, during these sporadic episodes, I talk about some of the things that are important to me in my recovery. And I talk a lot about, excuse me, mental health awareness and taking care. Oh God, I sound like a frog. Excuse me. I need to get my water. Um, (laughs) Talk a lot about mental health. And for me, I have OCD and ADD and anxiety, a bunch of stuff. I'll talk about that in a sec. Um, Community, creativity, family, um, so there are four segments that I will attempt to keep to five minutes or less, sometimes a little bit more, depending on if we have guests, and we might in the near future. Our one guest that was actually successfully recorded in the past was Aaron Lee Perry of um, The Wasted Poet. He also is a, a podcaster on the Since Right Now Recovery Revolution Online Network. He has um, a spoken word um, segment called The Spoken Joint. Hold on a second, I'm getting some water. And um, I tried to get Chris a couple of, well, it was more like a month and some change ago. But there were uh, technical difficulties. So going forward, I will try to, to get some guests, not just for the Creative Collective segment, but for the Let's Get Mental segment. So we can talk about mental health with some of the movers and shakers in that in that arena. So The four segments are, one, let's get mental, talk about mental health, two, Dear Diary, where I just talk about my life because it's my podcast and I'm going to. (laughs) Number three is 
my top five where you lovely people send in your submissions for your top five tools in recovery to keep you happy, sane, sober, all that. Um, I've talked about mine before and I'm happy to, to share them again today um, because we have a couple of submissions, but not enough, I don't think, to take five minutes. So I will add some of my own filler. And then five is Creative Collective, where I talk about really neat things that are happening with a creative people in recovery. So if you're a graphic designer or writer, photographer, f- fine artist, visual like visual artist, musician, um, and you don't have to be famous. You can be just a regular person um, who is doing really cool things in, in creativity and recovery. So we'll talk about that. And I've got a couple of exciting announcements on that um, in that segment to share with you. So when you hear this sound, that means I've reached my five minutes and it will be time for me to move on to the next segment. Um, and I'm a little bit rusty with with podcasting in general right now because it's been over a month and a half and uh, I'm a little self-conscious right now. So um, what I'm going to be doing, and if you notice, I'm definitely a scatterbrain. I don't have a, a polished, edited sound and I kind of like it that way. And I've heard from some of you that you like it that way too because, I mean, I love a polished podcast. They're great. Um, but I hear a lot of them. And every now and then it's, it's fun to hear a fresh voice, someone who sounds just like you or me, um, talking to you. So I don't have a newscaster voice where today on the news we talk about, <laughs> no, I'm just going to talk like I'm talking to myself, which I do actually sometimes. So I'm going to start the timer. Um, I've got my phone open and we're going to do five minute segments. So I'm starting now with let's get mental and maybe in the future I'll have, um, some voice talent record my segment names so that I can put them in and it'll, it'll sound kind of fun. Okay, so mental health. Well, as I've said before, I have not only a trifecta, I think I might have like a quadfecta of mental stuff going on at all times. I've got obsessive compulsive disorder and that is legit diagnosed by a professional and by yours truly. It's not just like, oh, I'm feeling a little OCD right now. Everything's got to be in order, whatever. No, I find myself staring at faucets or, or pushing them um, even after I've turned the water off. Same with stovetops, locks. I will find myself either actively like pressing down on a lock. It's a, checking is huge for me in, in my OCD. And, um, and I know like rationally and logically, I know that I've just locked the door. I know that I've turned the alarm on. I know that I've turned the faucet off, oven off, et cetera, et cetera. But irrationally, and this is the thing about people who have OCD, we are well aware that our obsessions and compulsions are irrational and they don't make sense. And I'm, I don't know a ton about a lot of different mental health conditions or mental illnesses rather or however you want to call it, but there are some conditions where people aren't aware of what they're doing, and that classifies them as as something else, but with with people who suffer from or battle through OCD, we're aware that our stuff is (laughs) cray-cray. I mean, there's no getting around it, but sometimes it just feels impossible 
to not do these things. And I've talked to you guys about Mark Freeman before. He, Mark, please don't hate me. I have not started the course yet, the Mental Fitness 101, but I have every intention of doing so. I am a huge procrastinator. And that's another thing about having OCD, OCD and ADD is that procrastination is a very, very, very prevalent part of my life. I put things off. Maybe that's why I haven't done an episode of Bad Story in forever. And I don't really thrive on the on the time pressure either. So it's like I put things off, but it's not like I'm going to get things done. It's, anyway. So where was I? Oh, yeah. Um, no, really. Damn it. Where was I? <laughs> I get these, like, brain farts all the time. And maybe it's part of my charm, but it's kind of embarrassing. I'm going to press pause so I can collect my thoughts. Hold, please. Oh, yeah. I'm back. So I was talking about Mark Freeman and, um, and one of the things that he wrote to me in an email when I told him all of my shit is that being okay with uncertainty is one of the ways that we can beat OCD. So even though there might be days where you have obsessions, like strange thoughts coming to you and, and the feeling like you have to do certain compulsions, if you can embrace the idea of uncertainty, like, well, I'm not going to check to see if there's a monster in the closet or like an invader or something. <laughs> not a monster, but like a, an invader. Um, because if there is, you know, I'm kind of screwed anyway. And if there isn't, I'm fine and I don't have to check because checking will feed this need to check and check and check again. So the idea is to be okay with uncertainty. The problem with me is that the moment that I sort of embrace a mantra, that mantra in and of itself becomes a new mental compulsion for me to repeat. So I've been repeating in my head, okay with uncertainty, okay with uncertainty. And I don't even, it's like I don't even... Um, like the meaning doesn't even mean anything to me anymore because I, I just say it ad nauseum. So I'm trying to, to work through this and it's not exactly the most fun thing in the world. But before I, before we move on to the next um, topic, because I'm going to have a ding soon. Five minutes is almost up. Um, I am really excited to hear Stuart Ralph's podcast. He does, I think he does a video and audio so you can see and hear him interview other people in sort of the OCD um, community, and I'm really excited about that, and I hope to get him on the podcast sometime in early March. So be on the lookout for him at the OCD. Okay, you guys, I'm having technical difficulties. The last segment ended somewhat abruptly, and I'm hoping that it's not going to happen again because I'm getting tired of technical freaking difficulties. Okay, so without further ado, I'm going to start five minutes for Dear Diary. Okay. My life in diary format. Dear Diary. Okay. Lots of exciting things have been going on. Um, and then some mundane, which is just life in general. But a lot of you know that I was in Florida on a lovely week and a half vacation. It was wonderful. And I, I didn't escape the blizzard in DC first. I was definitely here for that. I shoveled like two and a half feet of snow with the help of some neighbors and had a lot of snow days from work. Um, or I did some work from home, but mostly, yeah, <laughs> no comment. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so 
Shit. Damn it. Ah, I completely lost my train of thought. And part of me wants to edit that out, but I'm not going to because hopefully that'll make some of you laugh. So yes, there was a blizzard. I did not escape that, but I did end up going to Florida a couple days later and my parents have a condo in Naples for a couple of months, so I visited them, and I visited my aunt and uncle, and it was really important to me to visit my aunt because she has Parkinson's disease, or, or rather, it's, it's actually Parkinsonism, so it's, it's a variation of Parkinson's, and she's trying really hard, but it's, it's a very difficult thing to watch someone you love go through that, and it was really, really hard, but... I am a trooper and I have a caregiver spirit and I really took to caring for her and helping out the caregivers and um, just doing whatever it is that was needed of me and it felt really good to give back and to be with her because it had been four years since I'd seen her last. So part of the time in Florida really was to see my my aunt. Mm. Just having some water. The other part was to have a vacation because it had been a long time coming. So the weather in Florida was n a lot better than the weather in D.C., but it wasn't exactly pool weather all the time. There was rain. It was, quote unquote, cold for Florida in the 60s some days, but there were definitely some days where I relaxed by the pool. And thank God for that because I got a little bit of color, but hope, um, luckily no, no suntan. Um, JK not suntan, no sunburn, because I wore a lot of SPF 50. Um, okay, but I'm just going to get right to it. I saw Nancy Carr of Last Call blog. She um, wrote a memoir called Last Call, or just called Last Call. God, my brain is not working today. Um, it was so wonderful to see her. I'd, I'd met her in D.C. In, at the Unite to Face Addiction rally, and um up until that point, we had been sort of online friends, but then we got to meet and then I got to see her. So I was so excited. I, I went with her to a meeting and then we had dinner afterward and she met my parents and it was just really nice. And I have started her memoir and I am a slow reader and I've just been busy being back in D.C., but I'm about a third of the way through that. So I, I owe her um, I, I owe her a review because I promised. And so in order to do that, I've got to finish the book. So that is on, on the docket. Oh, I read Dry by Augustine Burroughs on, on sort of before I left. And then I finished it on the plane. And that was a fantastic book. Oh, God, I recommend it to just about anyone. So it was wonderful. But yeah, back to Florida. It was really fun to see Nancy. And um, I didn't get a chance to see Kelly. It was just bad timing. Kelly of the sober senorita.com. She is an aunt now. Uh, her sister gave birth during the time that I was there, and she and her fiance also closed on a house, so we weren't able to catch up. But it was just really, really great um, to, to see Nancy and to see my family and to get away from DC for a while. Anyway, yesterday uh, was Cupid's Undie Run. And that is a charity event to raise money for children's cancers, where basically a whole bunch of really, really drunk, half-naked people go running um, in the freaking cold. And I was a volunteer. And I have mixed feelings about this because everyone was so wasted, and I felt just kind of like, like, why am I exposing myself to all these super, super drunk people? You know, it may be for charity, but, you know, 
people are using this as an excuse to get totally wasted and just, I don't know. I have, I don't know if I should volunteer in the future, if I should run in the future, just because it seems like it's a glorified excuse for people to drink, but then maybe I'm reading too much into it. Okay, that was not an actual doorbell, that was the timer ending, but I'm going to go on for a little bit because there is something that I like to say and it's my freaking podcast, I'm going to do it. Okay, so like I said, lots and lots of drunk people. Well, I went with one of my fellow volunteers to um, a restaurant after we finished volunteering. It was freaking cold, it was like 20 degrees and there was wind chill. For what it's worth though, I mean I've been sober so long that I didn't even think about drinking, even though I was around all these drunk people. I wasn't like, oh, a drink would make things easier. I, that's just not even part of the equation, thankfully for me. Um, but needless to say, and I had and I had a blast. I really did. Um, I posted a couple of pictures on um, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So definitely um, check those out if you can. But so we went to this restaurant afterward um, t- because we were promised food and that never happened. And we were starving. So there were a few um, runners there eating. You could tell because they were either like scantily clad still, maybe with a robe on, or some of them were clothed, but they were wearing things like pink tutus and um, underwear over leggings, that kind of thing. And there was this really, really drunk girl there. And she was getting belligerent with the people that she was with, yelling, screaming, crying, saying such things, I swear. God, I mean, she called her boyfriend or her husband or her fiancé, like, loudly to the whole restaurant. Limp dick! (laughs) And I was so mortified for her and just, like, being there, exposed to it. And But not only that, I was instantly transported back to when I was an alcohol abuser, a binge drinker, you know, an alcoholic. And I was like that. I was crying and making a fool of myself and getting kicked out of places and not myself. And I felt, I mean, she was pitiful in the truest sense of the word. I just felt so much pity for her. And But at the same time, I felt paralyzed. Like, do I help her? Do I go up to her? Because her friends left her. And I've also been in that position before where people have left me. I've left them. Then things get confused later. And, um, yeah, so they left her. And then she was calling on her phone to whoever would listen. You know, I'm here. I don't know where I am. Please come get me. I'm crying and everything. And... Finally, one one woman like went to her and wrote down the address of where we were because this girl couldn't figure out, you know, left from right. So she she was trying to read from the address um, that this kind woman had written down for her. But I mean, this girl kept going on and on, and she was crying and yelling and screaming. And the folks at the restaurant weren't quite sure if they should like help her or ask her to leave or apologize to fellow patrons for the disruption. And, um, I just like, part of me really wanted to help her. And part of me was like, I don't want to expose myself to this. This is somewhat triggering in in a way. And I just had so many mixed feelings. Well, finally, after she kept embarrassing herself and, um, I went up to her, this other woman had left and I went up to her and I, um, 
you know, kind of like rubbed her shoulder and, and told her that, well, I tried to tell her I was a volunteer for the event and I would like to help her. And, um, but she was so far gone that she didn't even see me or feel me. And she just walked out of the restaurant and, um, I debated following her, but it seemed like she knew where she was going. And I finally saw her when I left. She had reunited with her quote unquote friends and she was yelling and screaming at them. But I felt like, I just felt better that she wasn't traipsing around the city drunk and for folks to possibly take advantage of that. Because I've been in that situation before and it is just, it's awful. It's disgusting. It's embarrassing. It's mortifying. It's shameful. And I'm sure that... I mean, it's not an excuse, by the way, to you know, when someone's totally wasted, it is not an excuse to act the way that she did. It was not an excuse for me to act the way that I did. Um, but I understand, having been on that other side, that that wasn't truly her. And, you know, I felt really bad for her. And I'm glad that she got reunited with her quasi friends or supposed people who you know, quote unquote, cared about her, but it was just a really strange, bizarre thing for me to witness because it brought me right back to where I was when I was 23 or 24 and making a total fool of myself in front of anyone. And I wouldn't even realize it. So anyway, I'm not trying to get depressing or anything, but it just was a bizarre scenario and it brought me right back to where I was and it on the flip side it made me incredibly grateful to uh for for what I have now for where I am today and I was really really lucky that I realized I had a problem finally when I was so young I mean I'm young now so eight and a half years ago I mean I'm going on nine years in July and I was I had just turned 24 so I was really young when I got sober, and I'm so grateful for that. So, without further ado, I'm going to um, sound the, the ding doorbell, and we're going to move on to the next segment. I went on longer because I just wanted to, and I had to. I needed to share that. So, we're going to do my top five, and this is my top five happy tools in recovery. Um... Think of, you know, a David Letterman top 10 countdown kind of list um, where in this case we have your top five, what keeps you happy in recovery. And that can be recovery from addiction, recovery from a mental health um, condition. A lot of times for all of you dual diagnosis folks, it'll be a combination of the two. So, um our first submission is from our very own Wes A. 1966. Some of you may know him from the recovery community. And he wrote his top five. One, waking up sober. Two, praying my gratitude list. Three, journaling. Four, playing in a recovery band. That's pretty darn cool. And five, listening to slash sharing with another man who struggles. So that... Sounds like it could be either a 12-step thing where he has a sponsor or sponsees and fellow men in recovery, or he just likes to reach out to, to other guys. But he's been really helpful to me, part of my recovery. So I'm really grateful to have Wes um, as part of my uh, recovery network. Thanks, Wes. Our next gentleman 
And ladies, I need you. I really need you. Mr. Jake Parent, who is a new parent. <laughs> and on that note, his list is one, making my daughter smile. Two, writing. Three, music, listening and playing. We've got a, another fellow musician. Maybe a, maybe Jake and I need to jam together. What do you think, Jake? I know that we're supposed to go get a, a coffee or tea sometime this year, hopefully in the next uh, month or so. Four, reading. Five, exercise. I agree wholeheartedly with his list, except for the daughter bit. I don't have one yet. <laughs> Not that I know of anyway. So thank you, Jake. And something that he said on Twitter this morning was really, really sweet, and I just wanted to share it. Um, I had written, uh, what was it? What did I say? My tweet out to all of you was, Hallmark holiday time. Happy Valentine's Day. Use it as an excuse to give yourself the love you deserve. And then I had a little, like, um, like kissy and heart emoticons or emojis or whatever. And he wrote, sending lots of love and appreciation to you, Elle. Thanks for being such a positive light in an often dark world. And that just made my life. That was so sweet. So thank you, Jake. Um, in the very near future, we will have... Submissions from Chris A. of the Recovery Revolution Online. I believe that'll be for the next episode of Bad Story. Ms. Maggie Shores of SoberCourage.com. She's also going to be on the next episode of Bad Story with her list. And Ms. Veronica Valley of VeronicaValley.com, a sober girl telling the world recovery rocks. And I was very fortunate and honored to be featured on her Recovery Rocks um, interview series. Um, please check that out if you get a chance. I'll, I'll post a link in the episode guide, but she'll be, she'll be coming up soon. So I want to thank those who've made submissions and you are more than welcome to hit me up with your own recovery list at, um, well, there's a couple of ways you can do it. You can send an email to badstorypod at gmail.com. Again, that's badstorypod, no spaces, at gmail.com. You can also DM me on Twitter, Bad Story Pod, or DM me um, on at We Are Sober. You can send an email to Laura at thesobrietycollective.com. However you want to, just get that list over to me because I would love to share with the world what makes you happy in your recovery and also give you a chance to get to get some further exposure on the podcast world. So. Like I said, thank you to Jake. Thank you to Wes. Looking forward to hearing from Chris, Maggie, and Veronica soon. And, um, yeah, because I went over with my other thing. We'll just, uh, we'll cut that short now. Okay. So, ding-a-ding-dong. All right. We are going to go on to um, Create a Collective. How about that? So, this is the space where I talk about really awesome people in recovery who devote their time and energy to creative endeavors. Like I said, photography, writing, um, art, music, um, pottery, like um, tailoring, like our own Sandra of The Unruffled. She is an amazing seamstress, for lack of a better word. So maybe we'll have her um, coming up soon on an episode. But a couple of exciting announcements are 
One, my friend Lori Michelle, she is a normie, so she is not in the recovery space, but she is a dear Twitter friend of mine, and I met her at a tech event in D.C. Um, a couple months ago. She is an amazing um, jewelry designer, and she designs 3D printed jewelry. How cool is that? I love it, and I will I'll put a link on um on the, on the episode notes, but, um, she and I are going to be collaborating on a sobriety collective charm that the gals can put on necklaces and the guys can maybe put on a keychain, and we will be, um, coming up with a charity where we will donate profits from, from the sales of those charms. Um, obviously Lori has to, um, cover her costs and, for shipping or whatever, I've got to cover mine. So, um, it won't be the proceeds, but it'll be the profit. So any money that we make on top of, um, covering our costs, we'll donate to a charity yet of our, we haven't decided which one it'll be, but it'll be something for the recovery space and especially for creatives in recovery. I mean, if I had my own nonprofit, the Sobriety Collective as a 501c3, which is something that I am definitely thinking about for 2016 or 2017, we'll do that, but that's, that's not, a that's not here yet. So I'll keep you guys posted on when that comes to fruition. We're working on, um, the initial planning stages right now. Another thing that I have come up with as a way to give back to the community and to give other creatives in recovery a chance to share their talents is, um, for all of the graphic designers and artists of the recovery world, a way to do limited edition sobriety collective t-shirts, with their art um, as a take on the brand that our dear Chris of the Recovery Revolution and online and I have, um, the logo is the marrying of my ideas with Chris's um, talent and also some of his ideas. So um, the idea would be then to, to give other graphic designers and artists a chance to do like a limited edition version of the Sobriety Collective, their take on the logo and, and the theme. And, um, and for each of those designed shirts, depending on who is, is, is doing one, we would donate profits to a charity of their choosing. So I'm not going to call anyone out just yet because we're still in the initial planning stages, but needless to say, I've got a wonderful artist working on the first one and um, I'm really really excited to make the announcement once we have more um, details crystallized and finalized but for the, you other artists and graphic designers in recovery hint hint if you'd like to do a limited edition t-shirt where we will donate uh, profits to a charity of your choosing please get in touch with me I would love to help make that happen and um, yeah so I'm really excited about that. And then, uh, because you know that I love me some good sober karaoke, I'm going to let you listen to me singing the other night, Cupid by Sam Cooke. It was my first uh, song of the night, so I'm a little pitchy. Forgive that. I got better as the night went on, but this was the only one that I recorded. So thank you guys, and I'm going to let you hear that. All right. Any Valentine's in the house? Too early. You've been drawn back to go on. Go on, go on. Stay too 
further ado, stay classy, stay cool, and stay sober. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you.